Yep, it's me, C.L. Whiteside, and this is the Non-Microwave Truth. Let's get into our first world problem today right away. When I'm driving, it seems like, especially in the summertime, the number of panhandlers and beggars that I see increase. They increase a lot. Like every time I drive to school, I see one. Now, I'm just wondering, how do other Christian brothers and sisters handle this? Do you give them money? Do you give them something? Like, I think about what Jesus did a lot of times. A lot of times it seems like he healed them or he fed them spiritually. But, I mean, I would love to, and maybe I can, maybe I'm just not getting in touch with God enough to perform a miracle like that, but I I haven't, to be honest with you. I, I have not done that. But what do you do? What do you think you should do as a Christian brother or sister? Like, what's your responsibility? I love when people give me blessing bags. Blessing bags are when they put a bunch of different toiletries or small snacks in there. I have no problem giving that to them. In fact, sometimes I even give them money. Every once in a while, I catch someone and I'm like, hey, can you get me something to get get food? And I'm like, all right, I'll literally walk with you to go get this food if I have time. But I don't always have time for that. But I would just like to hear from you. What do you do in those situations when you see panhandlers or people that um, happen to be beggars and, and less fortunate. This is the first world problem question of the day. What do you think our responsibility is as brothers and sisters of Christ to treat those who are less fortunate and happen to be panhandlers or beggars? Tell me what you think. Remember Instagram or Twitter, Champion Life 23. It's dinner time. I want you to imagine that we are having dinner at the poolside because the title of this episode is The Pool Life. The title of this episode is The Pool Life. Shout out to my man Jordan Poole too from the Golden State Warriors. And I'm not going to tell you why we're calling this episode The Pool Life, but something that has been coming up a lot lately has been this question of what do you do with certain relationships? What do you do with certain friendships when you don't feel like that friendship or you know that friendship or that relationship is not helping you in a spiritual sense? And in fact, it's influencing your flesh for the worse. Like, what do you do with that? And if you haven't ever thought about this, shame on you. I'm just kidding. But for real, I've said this before. If we're not living to get better, you're not living to get better. You're dying to get worse. And how many times do we lie to ourselves and not admit what those friendships and relationships in our lives are really doing. We try to say, well, they're not having an effect on me positive or negatively. That's never the case for the most part. And that question of what do you do with certain relationships gets highlighted in the summertime because you have the ability to link up with old friends, maybe because your work schedule is easier, you're not in school anymore. I mean, the sunlight, people usually just enjoy and like to do things in the sun. Sun makes you want to be more active usually. And your social life picks up and usually your social life dynamic becomes more complex. And when you think about this, especially from a Christian perspective, we hear about Jesus saying, go and make disciples of all nations. And then when we look and we hear about Jesus in Mark 2 or in Matthew 9 or Luke 5, he's kicking it and having shindigs with the sinners. I put that in air quotes. And these are people that are questionable. And we're supposed to be like Jesus, right? So what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us from a from a spiritual sense? Are the people you are 
kicking it and hanging out with the people that you should be spending time with. That's what we're going to look at today on this episode of The Pool Life. It's a complex matter because on one hand, you want to love and you want to serve and you want to bring other people up. But on the other hand, you have to be careful that these people aren't influencing you for the worse. Every relationship that we have or experience or are part of should be examined at times. Because a lot of times we look at something and we say, well, this is in a spiritual sense, but things are more spiritual than we think. But it's complex. But when you look at Jesus, he stayed getting close to those questionable type of people. And the reason I said sinners with air quotes is because, of course, all of us are sinners. But here's the question. Here's the question of examination. I think all of us should ask ourselves. How is this relationship helping me better my relationship with Christ? How is it helping me reach my full potential? And or how is this helping me fulfill my purpose? Because, man, we, we mistake feeling good or feeling okay with it actually being good or okay. So this person makes me feel good or this relationship feels okay. So it must be good or it must be okay. And that's not the case. And this is how we got the title of the pool life. I've had a good summer. I've been around a pool a lot. Just took my honeymoon. Was at the pool every day. I was living a fat boy's life, eating good and drinking good. And I came up with this swimming analogy. What's too close to be next to someone who's like almost always about to drown or like they're doing the most in the water? Or what's too close to be next to someone who plays too much and like you're on the deep end and you know how you get on the deep end and the wall is not close? Like what's too close to being next to them then? Or what's too close in the regards of being next to someone who's like they're in the pool and you're trying to stay dry and you're outside the pool and you might have your work clothes on or you got an interview or something to go next to? Well, why would I be next to the pool? I don't know, but just stick with me right now. But like, what is too close? What's too close for you? Do you feel like you're a good swimmer? I feel like I'm the black Michael Phelps. But I'll tell you this. What I mean by that is there are six different strokes in swimming. I know all six different strokes. I taught swimming lessons for a few summers. Like, I feel confident in the water. But if one of my guys was drowning and pretty much all of my friends, they're way bigger than me. And they weigh a lot more than me. If they're drowning, I can't be next to them. I almost have to let them drown before I go save them or I need to throw some type of flotation device out there to help them out. So when I look at this, what we're really going to be talking about today is you have to be deliberate. Like you have to be deliberate when you're in a pool. You have to be learning how to swim. Or sometimes you just have to let somebody drown and then try to go save them. Because you, sometimes you have to, if they're that big and that, that heavy, you have to let them almost pass out and then try to go save them. Because otherwise... You might catch an elbow or a fist from them flapping in the water and get knocked out yourself. And two drowning people can't save each other. So I'm going to break it down like this. If you feel like you have just become a, a Christian and you're like, I definitely love Jesus. I definitely am a follower of him, but I'm not sure about all these teachings and I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. You probably need to stay on the shallow end. And what I mean by the shallow end is you need to be like in a control setting. And if you weren't planning on swimming that day, you definitely shouldn't jump in the water and try to save someone if you just learned how to swim yourself and you're not that confident in it. Like, that makes no sense. And like I said, I'm I'm a decent swimmer, but I'm not jumping in the pool to save a lot of people, especially if they're bigger than me. If it's a little kid, I know I can handle them and, and get them out of the water, but... Somebody big? No, 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 no. Too big. Not doing it. Not doing it. 
That's when you have to just throw somebody a flotation device or throw them a life jacket. Don't get in the water with them. Don't try to rescue or be some superhero. And this is how this kind of deals with life. Like this is why this, I named this episode the pool of life. Because at times we try to rescue or go with people to places and fight off something that only God can save them from. I'm going to say that again. We try to save people or rescue them from things that only God can save them from. And we get ourselves in some bad and sticky situations ourselves. Now, the whole purpose of a pool is for fun for the most part. Most people get in the pool to have fun. And that's the exact same mentality that a lot of people have in the world. But I just want you to think about this. If you have somebody in the pool that's splashing or they're wrestling or they're playing Marco Polo, you have to realize that the pool of life naturally gets deeper and gets more dangerous. And the wall just isn't there to grab. It's not just easy to grab. And you can't play those same games you did when you were a little kid where you got people grabbing on you and y'all wrestling or dunking each other down. Because with the pool of life, it's so much deeper, and all of a sudden the wall isn't right there. You're going to actually have to swim some yards, some meters to get to that wall. And this just makes me think about 2 Timothy 2 verse 22. You have to realize that the world is constantly changing, and the older you get, the more you need to know how to swim. The more you need to know about your surroundings and the people that you're playing or you're dealing with. And that passage tells us, it says, flee the evil desires of your youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But it's like, what does that passage mean? And, and how do you make those changes? It's like the things that you used to do, you no longer can't do anymore. Or all of a sudden they have different consequences. It was cool and it was fun to be playing in the shallow water doing some of the things you're doing. But now when you become a young adult or an adult, there are different consequences. Because like I said, the pool is way deeper and you aren't close to the wall. So you're going to end up swallowing some water, possibly drowning. But that still doesn't answer the question of how do you make changes? And that comes down to creating boundaries. If the old things that you used to do were drinking or chasing tail or getting the latest tea, which is a.k.a. gossiping, you have to create new habits. You have to pursue new things. And I'll give you an example of how one of my guys deal with this. He was very upfront and he made the point that he wanted to make some changes. But then he also made some suggestions like, hey, let's play tennis more. Let's let's start hooping. Then he start he asked his questions about, you know, what different books are we reading? And the biggest thing was kicking it in a different way, because we're not the same as we were when we were 15, 20 years old. Or at least I hope we're not, because if you know better, that's your cue to do better. And then sometimes it does come down to telling someone that you can't mess with them anymore because you're trying to make a change. And the sad thing about this is the sad thing is some don't want to see you change. They want to see you exactly how they remember you, which is, let's be honest, it's usually not good. And it's more so pursuing evil desires. But you, you got to understand the reason why is because it's comfortable for them and comfortability it's that microwave. So that takes some spiritual maturity and definitely some prayer where the Holy Spirit can reveal to you the, the people who just want to play around and they're trying to have fun in the pool all the time. So you might not be able to go in the pool. You might have to invite them and have them meet you on dry ground. 
meaning you can't meet them in the same setting or link up with them in the same setting that you always have because you're just going to go back to what you always do because it's a familiarity. It's a it's a habit. You have to create a new setting, a new habit through a different environment. And this is an absolute must because we know in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33 it says, it says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And I want you to think about it like this. If you just got your hair done or you had on a fresh fit and you see someone splash and water all outside the pool, you're not getting too close to them. Like you that would be that would be stupid. And that would be something that you wouldn't take the risk of doing, especially for my ladies who just got their hair done. Oh, that would be bad. They wouldn't get close to that pool at all. And let me bring up this point. When you follow Christ, what happens in return, you become different and you come back knowing different swimming strokes. But when you don't want to get in the pool with these same people and they know like, oh, you're blessed or you're righteous or you're living a new life or you God is doing this and that for you. They will look at you crazy when you don't want to get in the pool with them. And this crazy could even come from your own family. And sometimes they just don't believe that, you know, different strokes and they want you to prove it to them. But they want it. They want to prove it to you by putting 10 pound ankle weights on you and saying, oh, yeah, do the butterfly. Oh, yeah, do the side stroke. And we see the same thing happen to Jesus in Mark three, verse 20. They wanted him to be who they always thought he was and they didn't want him to grow. They couldn't accept that he was growing. Now, when you look at when Jesus was eating it or he was kicking it with the tax collectors and the the quote unquote sinners, those people, those so-called sinners, they didn't reject the life jacket. You know, I'm, I'm keeping that pool analogy going. They didn't reject the life jacket he was giving them. They wanted to know how to swim. They knew they couldn't meet the Olympic requirements. And uh, the thing that's worse than someone who can't swim, because if you can't swim and you know that you can put a life jacket on, what's worse than that is someone who overestimates their ability to swim. And then you see him in the pool. and <coughs> Hey, that water was deep. You didn't tell me that was the seven foot in. Man, I thought I could stand up like, nah, you just can't swim, man. And these are equivalent to the Pharisees or the Sadducees. Or to people that we see in our world who say, I don't need God. I don't need a Jesus. I don't need a savior. Oh, so you don't need oxygen? No, no, no. I said, I don't need God. Yeah, I I get it. I heard what you said. Yeshua, Jesus, Yahweh, God is oxygen plus so much more. And everybody, I mean, everybody needs oxygen. Now, let's just be direct. No analogy, straight to the point of the people you have to be leery of getting too close to in this pool of life. And I don't care if it's friends or it's family. It doesn't matter. And in fact, those are the main people that you have to be conscious of. The first group of people are the people that are just flat out disobedient to God's word. And they're probably not disobedient in every single aspect. But I'll give you an example. If you're involved in illegal activity, those are the type of people that can put you in some bad and questionable sticky situations. So if you realize and you look at them like, man, I've been in a lot of questionable situations or I've been in enough. Enough could be one. One questionable, bad situation with this person and this person didn't even acknowledge or apologize and make sure that they never put me in a situation like this again. And the fact they keep using me. Yeah, you got to be. Those are the type of people that drown and they bring you down with them. 
The second group of people are those who are just lazy and they have no ambition. Like it's one thing to relax and it's another to be lazy. Like, hey, skip this class with me. Let's forget about working out or going to practice. Let's go get drunk and high. Or that person who's just like, you know what you should do? You should call in to work. Just lie and say someone in your family caught the vid. Another group you got to be leery is the group that just wants to have fun and they lie. And they like the truth twisters where they leave key components out like, oh, well, you didn't tell me this. If I would have knew that, I wouldn't have done this. And their main focus is just to have fun. It doesn't matter if they have to twist the truth. It doesn't matter if they have to lie. It doesn't matter if they have to manipulate you. They just want to have fun. The fourth group is the chameleon. And the reason I call them a chameleon is because they just go with ever they go with whatever the culture says. They're the type of friend that doesn't want to offend you. So they won't tell you that you're wrong. You just end up looking like an idiot later and have an egg all over your face. All because they didn't want to hurt your little feelings. Now, I'm not saying they got to be a jerk about it and say it in an aggressive or mean tone. But part of being a friend is telling someone that they're wrong when they're actually wrong. I know our culture says different. In this microwave culture, people are so sensitive and soft. Like, you hurt my feelings. But was it true or not? I didn't cuss you out and tell you this. I just told you the, the non-microwave truth. The fifth type of friend you have to be worried or leery of is the negative friend. Like, the friend who's always, like, they're angry at God. And their negativity affects you in ways like sometimes you can be that super positive person but if someone is always negative that does start to weigh down on you it's like you're farther away from the wall so you got to work even harder to swim to take that break and in a practical sense it makes you become more of a complainer and show less gratitude and appreciation for God like it's harder to praise God when you're angry with him and I think all of the groups that I've listed so far can cause you to drown in the pool or splash and get wet when you don't necessarily want to get wet. But these last two types, I want you to be really conscious and, and leery of. And that's the ride or die friend or family member. And they possibly could have even helped you in a good and positive way, even a God pleasing way. But it's like, how much do you owe them? Do you need to be loyal to a fault where you are ride or die for them when they're wrong and they're clearly going against God's word or they're ride or die for you when you're clearly in the wrong and they want to do it the worldly way versus doing God's way? Like you don't need a ride or die friend or family member who's going to help you stand on the wrong thing. And you have to realize you don't owe them just to die later. Like you owe them. They, they saved your life once possibly. But now you're going to go drown in a pool of life a week later and die. And no, you should not go jump in the pool to save them. And they got themselves in a mess and they're on the deep end and they're refusing to take the flotation device. They're refusing to put the life jacket on like that's just silly. That's that's stupid. Don't save them. They don't want to be saved. And the last group I call the vampires or the takers. And the reason I call them that is because they take away from your purpose, but they may be given to you in a different way. Like an example is they could be giving you cloud or notoriety, or they could be doing something that like brings immediate pleasure to you, but they're taken away from your purpose. Like, have you ever had someone give to you where all of a sudden it makes you feel or think like you don't need God? That's exactly what I'm talking about. And when you think about what's too close to the pool 
or how close should you be to an individual that's in the pool, whether you are in the pool or out of the pool, think about what are you supposed to be? You're supposed to be good, a good different. In Matthew 5, it talks about being the, the salt and the light. And if they can't see your light and they can't see the fruits of the spirit, which are love and joy and peace and faithfulness. And what's another one? Um, self-control. Then you are too close. If they can't see those things, you are too close. And just a wise practice for anyone is if you can get with a person or these people that you have relationships or friendships with and you have the ability to discuss ideas and philosophies and you're not just flat out talking about people, that's a sign that you're headed in the right direction. And just to think about if, if you do um, happen to talk about people, because I guess we all talk about people in a way, it should be more so talking about how to help a person or help a group of people and how to avoid the same pitfalls. Now, I want you to think about this. We talked about the people that you shouldn't get close to. Here are the people that you should get close to. And the lifeguard of life would tell you to surround yourself people with. The lifeguard of life is Jesus Christ. The first group of people is the or person is the people that are going to tell you that you're wrong. But when they tell you that you're wrong, a lot of times they're literally bringing the Bible into practice. Like a lot of people tell you how how they feel. Like if I was you or I feel this like man, I don't, I don't want to hear that. You shouldn't want to hear that. Don't tell me how you feel. Tell me what's in Scripture and tell me what God is saying right or wrong, because what's more important than being loyal to a person is being loyal to right and wrong. And God, like that's the most important thing. Um, the second group is the group of people that, that you want to surround yourself is the people that talk about growth and actually work on it. Like they know the front crawl. Now they're like, hey, I'm ready to learn a butterfly. Teach me how to do the butterfly. And what I mean by that is they're they're looking to expand their relationship with God and also encourage you to do the same thing. The third group is the group that the activities actually change, like the activities start to mature, especially if the activities before were already questionable and they can see that. All right. We need to move differently. Like I gave you the example where, you know, my guy talking about playing tennis, talking about books, doing different things like going out to eat versus chasing tail and getting drunk. And the last group that you definitely want to be around is the group that's not going to knock you or make fun of your obedience to God. But in fact, instead, they're going to applaud you. They're going to encourage you. And they're not going to necessarily try to save you and jump in the pool of life. They're going to throw a flotation device out there. They're going to throw a life jacket out there. They're going to remind you like, hey, you know, you have the best lifeguard and swim instructor in the game, Yeshua. You probably should get a hold of him. And just some things I want to want you to remember when Jesus hung out with that crowd, that crowd of tax collectors and sinners, is that Jesus isn't the type of lifeguard who throws the life jacket or throws flotation devices out there once you have done so many different swimming strokes or once you have failed so many times or once you have succeeded so many times. He's the type of lifeguard that goes out there and he provides and he puts it on you. He puts the life jacket on you. But I know a bunch of y'all have seen like that bad little kid who's like, no, I can swim on my own. And they take the life jacket off. And before you know it, they're drowning. Yeah, that's a lot of people in our world who reject his grace and mercy and compassion and don't want anything to do with the salvation that he's already given them. But back to the point, Jesus wasn't looking for answers from those people that he was eating and he was whining and dining with. 
Yeshua always, that's Jesus, he always cross-referenced with the spirit. Like he didn't cross-reference with these people necessarily. And he was always cross-referencing and thinking about what is the father's plan? He always did this. And this is something for us to think about because this is something that we always should be doing. And this is the last point. Jesus was the coldest lifeguard and swim instructor. Like people wanted to follow Jesus. And that was because of his love and the way he was living his life. Know why people want to be around you. Pharisees and teachers didn't want to be around Jesus for the same reason. They didn't want to get better. So when you examine some of the friendships and the relationships that you have, some of them you need to take some steps back because you can't afford to get water splashed on you. You definitely can't afford to be in a pool with somebody who's drowning or who plays too much. And I know some of you are still thinking, well, they're in the pool, but they're on the shallow end. And I know they can't swim that well, but they can stand up and I can help them. Look, it's only a matter of time before they start drifting down and getting you in the deep end where all of a sudden you have to start working. So if they're not learning how to swim, don't forget you can invite them to do something else that's outside of the pool and in a different control setting. But don't be surprised or shocked when they want to go back to the pool because that's comfortable for them. And just in case I'm talking about the pool, it could be something as a bar, it could be a club, it could be sitting down and just gossiping. It's, it's a lot of different things. A lot of different things that aren't helping you get closer to God. What does your pool life look like? Be conscious of it. Be leery of the people that you have swimming around your pool. And this is the non-microwave truth. A time of grace production. Peace punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I'm out. Thank you.